So welcome back everyone. My name is Anita Devi and this is the Bounce Back series we recorded during lockdown and I'm here today with Dr. Kathy Weston. Welcome Kathy. Hello Anita. Today's topic is how do we feel in control when there are so many unknowns? What do you think Kathy? Yeah, so I think that it's just reminding me that we've all been through, you know, a, a whole process over the past 60 days. Um, moving from being in total control of our lives to some degree to having very little control over some of the main areas that we would have previously enjoyed. So I think that it's good to acknowledge that we've all been through a set, we're in a period of sort of recalibration at the moment. We're trying to make sense of the rules of what we can and cannot do. And then we're trying to sort of, you know, help our lives kind of shape around that. What I want to say is that we're moving into a period of what's called adaptive coping, where we are trying as families, and we should be doing this, to work out what can we do nothing about and what can we control? And that is, I think, where a lot of families are at the moment. Yes. And it comes back to this idea or this notion of us all needing a sense of agency, a sense of, you know, if you think of babies as they are developing that cause and effect that they experience when they start playing with their toys or they start interacting with adults. If I press this button on my mat, something happens. Or if I smile, someone is smiling back at me. And that initial development helps us to understand cause and effect, which is the foundation of speaking and listening. But it also helps us to recognize I exist in this world and I can have an impact on the world. So when we take away that impact on the world, or that sense of agency, it kind of throws us because it's not how we've developed and grown over time. That's right. And I think if we don't, if we don't have control over particular things, it can be very, very anxiety inducing because if we don't have control. We don't really know what our role is in the process. We, we're at the mercy of others. And I think that's very, very difficult. And it requires an enormous degree of trust in others when we're out of control. It's a little bit like when you're in a plane as a, as a passenger, you have to, you know, you're trusting a complete stranger to get you there safely. And I think as someone who doesn't like flying, I can appreciate that feeling out of control is something that does carry a lot of fear or anxiety with it. Yeah, I can understand that too. I was having a conversation with some colleagues this week and one of the things we were talking about is trust is a gift in our hands to give. You could have the most experienced pilot, but it's down to the individual to give that trust. It's not about the pilot's ability. It's about how we give that gift of trust. So I think, yes, I think, but you know, if we, if we feel insecure for whatever reason, and we've got maybe previous experience, maybe just, we just feel unrationally that this is a, a situation we feel uncomfortable in. It can raise, as you say, that anxiety level when we don't feel a sense of agency. One of the authors that I like to refer to when we talk about control and these areas is Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And within that, he has a Venn diagram, so two overlapping circles. And one of the circles is labeled areas of control, AOC. And the other circle is labeled areas beyond control, ABC. And one of the things that he kind of talks about is when you hit any situation, 
unpack and distill that situation and place things in various parts of that Venn diagram. So there will be some things that are way beyond our control that we cannot affect, we cannot influence. There are some things that are in our control that we can affect. And it might be just down to the simple things of what time do I get up? What will I wear? What will I eat? And then there are some things that come in the middle. And once we can actually kind of break down those some things, we focus on the things that we can control and not worry about the things that we can't control. And that's why things like having a routine in your home, even simple things like for me, having an organized office makes me feel better and subconsciously kind of more in control of my life. So little things can actually reduce anxiety, being organized, having a routine, you choosing what the routine is for your family during this period of lockdown. And I think that what you've referred to is an extremely useful model for children as well. Among the things that we cannot control, the virus, how the government's responding, any of those things, there are people within that part of the Venn diagram who can help us. The virologists, the immunologists, the scientists, the doctors, the civil servants. So you can already hear when we think about that Venn diagram, if we were filling it in with our children, that there are heroes who are really helping in the area that is full of uncontrollables for us. And then among mm-hmm. the things that we can control, there's a huge list. And it just feels like I've got that image of two sort of, of a scale, you know, in front of me. And just keeping that lovely balance is where we will feel emotionally healthiest. Yes. And I think you raised that point around control and choice, how they interface each other. So some of the families that have been walking around here, they take similar routes every day as part of their everyday walk. But one of the things they are choosing to do is to notice something different about the same route that they travel on or walk around. So they can't go very far because they're walking within a a certain distance. That part of it is beyond their control. But what they are choosing to do is to say, what can we notice that's different from yesterday? And it can be the smallest of things. So they walked past their neighbor's house and they noticed that a particular flower was now in bloom, whereas the day before it had not been. Small things like that can actually enhance our sense of presence and our sense of awareness and heighten our level of noticing things around us. And what you're also making me think about and reflect on is is, is really what you've described as, as a mindful approach of noticing and observing the little things in our glorious microcosm of home environments. And another thing that in, in the first few weeks of lockdown, one of the things we did was change our furniture all around. So we felt like we, we our environment was changing and we could do things about the the feeling of being cooped up in the same space. So again, human beings will always gravitate towards agency, towards being proactive, even in the most dire of situations. I like that. I'm one of these people who changes, moves the furniture around. And yes, I've done that through lockdown as well. There's something about that, isn't there? It's just this sense of newness, but also this is different. That's right. It actually, I think neuroscientists always say, you know, that The more that we can do that kind of thing, you know, try and affect our physical environment, change our the way we drive to work, for example, can actually affect the way our brains respond because the brain loves novelty. 
So the more novelty you can bring into family life, and that actually applies to lots of things. I'm going a little bit off piece, but the way we praise our children, for example, if it's novel, if it's new, if there's diversity within it, they're much more likely to be receptive to that praise. So as a criminologist originally, that was my training, we knew that we know that physical environment can actually affect behavior. And that includes the architecture of a particular space. So, for example, we've moved to a bungalow. When you're in a bungalow, it completely transforms family life because, yes. you know, you can see each other all the time. <laughs> so there are opportunities, much many more opportunities for family discussion and debate. So depending on your physical space. So one of the things that can actually a very small thing that people can control is thinking about how their physical space might be altered or changed. Is there something you can put in the garden? that allows, you know, for example, um, you know, a little space that might be for reading or it might just be a cushion or a beanbag in a corner of the garden. Anything like that can actually change the way our children interact with the space that they do have available to them. Absolutely. And particularly during this time where a space that they usually associate with leisure and relaxation and family time has now become during the day a space where they do their work a space where they have to get on with their schoolwork or whatever they're doing. And so that can be quite hard to navigate. So the more that we can kind of create, as you say, these spaces for them to have these moments of what I'd like to call bubble time. I do it on my rocking chair, but it's just kind of, this is my space, this is my time. But I've also seen, I think in this time, how do we feel in control when there are so many unknowns? And for six weeks, I think in this period, I was unable to get eggs on my shopping list. So I stopped making shopping lists, actually, as I went out. And what we did was we just kind of, okay, so what can we see in the shops that we really need, but we could use? And it's helped us to create new dishes and different dishes using alternative ingredients that we would previously have not even thought about. So the known part of that, or the feeling in control for us came through creativity of using unknown ingredients or unknown combinations but actually creating something that we actually enjoyed eating. And some of those recipes we're going to go back to. I love it. I mean, when you're speaking, I, I had the image of, you know, you have a pack of cards and you just reshuffle them. You know, at the minute, all the cards are being reshuffled and new patterns are emerging, new habits. And some of them are we, we will keep beyond lockdown. But the other thing that I was thinking about is, you know, it's not just now that things are uncertain. We, we've always lived not knowing what's going to happen from one day to the next. But at the minute, it feels much more intense. But life is full of uncertainty, ups and downs, disappointments, loss. You know, that's we have to be, in a sense, very hardy to what comes and teaching our children that no matter what happens, we will adapt and we will cope and we will find new ways of being. Absolutely. And I do think you're right that there have always been things beyond our control. The weather being one of them. But I think in, in the, the, the Venn diagram I gave, it's possibly in this season that area beyond control has expanded beyond what we ever thought it could be. I think one of the other points that I would like to just share is having that distinctive understanding between what's our area of concern. What are things that are on our hearts or on our minds that we feel concerned for? And what are things that we have an influence over? And I think sometimes we focus so much on our concern that we feel less in control because our influence begins to shrink. 
But if we focus on our influence, things that we can change, things that, as you said earlier, that we can make a difference, whether it's moving the furniture, whether it's cooking something different or creating a space for ourselves, if we focus on our areas of influence, the areas of concern seem to shrink. That's right. And by actually creating, I mean, I would encourage everyone listening to create those physical Venn diagrams or lists because, and it's very helpful for children as well. When they see the evidence that the things that they can change or control is a far weightier list than the list of things that are out of their control, it can psychologically make quite a big difference. Yeah, I think so. And it is about just creating those structures to support them through that process. That's right. So I think in this little episode, we have realized there's so many things that we can um, control as long as we have the template and provide our children with that template in order for that thinking to take place. Indeed. Indeed. So thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. We will be back with episode five and we'll be looking at remaining empathetic whilst looking after our own mental health. Till next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. 